Hello and welcome to the brand new Historia podcast with me, Jack Pettit, and our resident historian, Paul Fletcher. This is episode three of our Cold War series, and today we're going to be looking at the Potsdam Conference of 1945. Fletch, hello again. Welcome. Thank you. Once more. So let's really briefly just set the scene again. Uh, what's going on? Potsdam with what, July 1945? Yeah. Um, Potsdam, uh, a little more complicated than Yalta, uh, begins in July 1945, ends in August 1945. Um, when it starts, you have the Germans have were by then defeated. And that's quite clear because of course, Potsdam is a sort of outer suburb of Berlin. Um, so it's been held there to represent that defeat of Germany. Um, but of course, at that time, certainly when it started, uh, Japan was still fighting and the expectation was that Japan would continue to be a very tough enemy to defeat. Uh, military planners, had looked at what had gone on in the conquest of the islands, and they're estimating that there would be something like a, mid, a million casualties um, for a successful invasion and conquest of mainland Japan. Uh, so the, the conference was focused, as far as Europe was concerned, very, very, very heavily on the future beyond World War II, in particular what to do with Germany. Uh, which by that stage had been occupied by the British, the, the Canadians, the French to an extent, uh, and of course the, the Red Army. Um, and then also there was the whole question of how to defeat uh, Japan. Sure. So by this point, Germany was defeated. Yeah. It was VE Day, May yeah. 1945, victory in Europe. But Japan's a tough nut to crack. Yeah. Yeah. So... Why is Potsdam so important in starting the Cold War? Well, and this is why Potsdam is quite difficult to learn. It's why Potsdam and, and Yalta can be quite uh, difficult to try to remember because um, a number of the things which were decided at Yalta then are confirmed once more at Potsdam. Uh, but this time the details are firmed up. So the idea that Germany was going to be divided into four, which we talked about before, Berlin was going to be divided into four, again, um, which was firmed up the uh, exact locations. Um, the idea of reparations, which had been discussed before, but now there was an agreement made that, for example, um, the uh, Soviets were going to get 25% of the produce from the Western zones. Um, and because, of course, their zone lacked industrial equipment, and in return, they were going to give coal and food back to the Western zones. So that sort of thing was firmed up and in a sense repeated from Yalta. And um, if people want to know why or how some of those decisions had an impact on the Cold War, then they need to listen to the previous con uh, podcast. But so I want to focus on a couple of things to do with this conference alone, which I think are important in helping to explain why Potsdam was important in helping to develop this thing called the Cold War. And I'm gonna start, first of all, with the personnel that were there. Now, we've talked in previous podcasts about glue, holding the Grand Alliance together. With the defeat of Germany, that removed that 
glue to a large extent from the Grand Alliance. There was less need to cooperate successfully. Because the common enemy is gone. Because the common enemy is gone. Yeah. Okay. Now, instead, what the British and the Americans and the Soviets, the Russians had to do, was they now had to cooperate in running Germany in the future. And of course, therefore, their interests were more selfish and less common because there was no need to be common because they were no longer defeating an enemy. And what that meant was in some, in many ways, the conference was less, I was going to say successful, less amenable, uh, more argumentative um, than Yalta had been. And that's important because this was the first time that Truman had gone as president and met Stalin in person. So, now, so never met as vice president. Well, no, and, and that's the that's the point because if we're going to understand why the Cold War happened, we have to understand the sort of like we did in the previous podcast when we were talking about Stalin's outlook, we have to understand something about Truman. So Truman lacked foreign affairs experience. He was vice president, but apparently he wasn't even included in the Manhattan Project about the development of the nuclear bomb. And then suddenly, with the death of um, Roosevelt in April 1945, he suddenly catapulted into uh, being president and having to deal with the Soviet Union. Now, Truman had a much more straightforward, simplistic view about the Soviet Union and dealing with the Soviet Union. He saw communists as the bad guys, the guys in the black hats. And basically, these were guys that you couldn't really trust and you, know, you had to stand up to, which probably is typical of the Americans' attitude traditionally towards the Soviet Union, as we've mentioned before. When he met Stalin, well, Stalin, of course, had been around the block several times. Stalin was an experienced leader. Stalin thought, this newbie, this newcomer, I can give a bit of pushing around. I can get some advantage out of this. All that Potsdam did was that it basically seemed to confirm to Truman that you couldn't trust the Soviets. You couldn't deal with them. Okay. There was no point really entering into negotiations with them. They wouldn't work, which is a marked contrast to the attitude of Roosevelt, who did believe you could negotiate with um, the Soviets and do so successfully. And so when, when Truman left Potsdam, having had his personal experience of dealing with Stalin and meeting Stalin, he came back to Washington and he thought the answer was, the only answer was to get tough in some way. And so therefore you can see when we begin to look at how America began to behave towards, not began to behave, behaved towards the Soviet Union after Potsdam, there is a very much more a toughening of attitude, a less understanding of the Soviet position, a less willingness to understand that. And that, of course, helps contribute towards the beginning of the Cold War. So, for example, what we talked about in the previous podcast, you know, Truman didn't want to understand, or Truman didn't understand, Stalin's need for a buffer state. What Truman saw was that Stalin had made the promises for free and fair elections at Yalta. Stalin should keep that promise. 
Mm. And that was it. So in a way, <clears throat> one reason why Potsdam is important for the starting of the Cold War is Truman's different uh, Truman's different Out- outlook? outlook towards communism. Yes, but than I, Roosevelt. Yeah, yes, but I think that I think the reason why Potsdam's important is that is that Potsdam, they have they have that different outlook. Yes, they do. But what Potsdam did was that it confirmed to Truman that the views he already had were right. Okay, and he came out of Potsdam even more convinced that his view about communism, the Soviet Union, and Stalin was correct, and that therefore this was the way to deal with it. And therefore it meant that post-Potsdam, America was going to go in a very different direction in dealing with the Soviet Union than Roosevelt had been doing. Okay, and that's down, in my opinion, to his personal experience of what Potsdam was like. Mm. Do you think Truman's quite big-headed, though, when he arrives... Because obviously, you know, Roosevelt. No, I think I think I I think Truman is I think Truman, as we'll see in another podcast later on, Truman is a man who doesn't who is aware of the fact that he doesn't really understand what's going on and needs answers. And I think Truman liked certainty. I think he, that's what he wanted. He wanted an answer, he wanted certainty, and and that was the lesson he took from that, that the certainty was to get tough. Now I think there are two other things as well which were important. One of which was the actually an agreement, um, and that was the agreement to demilitarize Germany because, particularly the Soviet Union, was absolutely terrified that Germany would rearm and then reinvade. Germany invaded Soviet Union twice, or Russia in nineteen fourteen, then Soviet Union in nineteen forty one, and for Stalin, having gone through all the Second World War, all that damage, twenty million dead, you know. For Stalin, there was no way that he could entertain the idea that the uh, Germans would be allowed to, therefore, attack again. So demilitarization was meant to end that. Now, that actually... So demilitarization, sorry, is deconstructing uh, weaponry, tanks, the army. Well, just not allowing the Germans to have any sort of armed forces. Right. A version of what happened after... Uh, 1918. Right. Okay. But of course, that's that's an agreement. But that actually will crop up later on as a major, major cause of the move towards the Cold War. Okay. Because Stalin, if if you look at if you look at the formation of NATO, people often argue that Warsaw Pact is in relationship to the creation, as a reaction to the creation of NATO. But it's not, I think, what is it, seven years later on, 48? Yes, six, so, isn't it? 48, 40, so six years, I can't do the maths, yes. Yeah. Okay, um, and in actual fact, what creates the Warsaw Pact is not the creation of NATO, but it's a direct reaction to the admission of West Germany into NATO. So Stalin's feeling the, the, the pressure. Well, and also I therefore think that, that 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 decision at Potsdam comes back to, if you like, to haunt things or to have an impact because, of course, what Stalin sees there is that the West is not keeping to its agreement, to its promise made at Potsdam to demilitarise Germany. Sure. And I think the final thing I would say is 
Another thing that actually doesn't happen, but which is you know linked to Potsdam, which of course is literally the day before the Potsdam conference starts, the Americans successfully tested their atomic bomb. Now, they had a choice at that conference. They could have informed Stalin, but they chose not to. They chose to keep that information for themselves. Do we know if Stalin knew about it? Well, we'll come to that in a minute, uh, because yes, he did, and that was important. But that's not the point here, is it? No, well, well, it, well, it, it, it has an inter, it has an interconnection. The the Americans chose not to tell Stalin and that, during and the that's conference. the point. That's the point. That's the distrust, isn't but, it? Well, the distrust comes because of two reasons. One is that soon after the end of the conference, in the middle of August, they do drop the atomic bomb. Okay, but because they chose not to tell Stalin that they have this atomic bomb, Stalin then interpreted the dropping of the atomic bomb as not actually being a way of ending the war against Japan without that million casualties I talked about before. But actually, he chose to interpret that as a demonstration of American military might and a threat to the Soviet Union. In other words, the Americans were saying, we have this weapon, we're not afraid to use it, and we'll not be afraid to use it on you, okay? Which of course was a major, major, for Stalin was a major, major uh, knock, uh, knocking off his confidence in the whole idea of the Grand Alliance. Of course, what, as you said before, what does also make it worse was the fact that Stalin knew all the time about it because uh, Fuchs was passing back information. He was working on the Manhattan Project, was sending back information Fuchs. to the Soviets. Oh, he was a scientist, a British, well, a British scientist had gone out to work on the Manhattan Project and he was sending information back in, but that wasn't discovered until the 1950s. So okay. what, he's a communist? He's a communist sympathizer, yes. Right. And they are, and so therefore Stalin actually was sitting there opposite Truman, actually knowing about the Manhattan Project. And therefore his distrust was even greater because he knew what was really going on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just imagine what Stalin was thinking. Yeah. Sitting around that huge table at yeah. Cecilia North Palace. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And he's not being told the truth by his supposed ally. Yeah. So therefore, I consider that that decision taken by Truman at the Potsdam Conference was an absolutely fundamental contribution to the development of the Cold War because, of course, what that did inevitably was it produced a Soviet reaction, which was let's we have to build our own nuclear bomb, mm. okay, and with that we get we got the start of the nuclear arms race, a key feature of the Cold War. Mm. Fantastic. Well, look, thank you. Just again, twenty seconds. How would you summarise why Potsdam was important for the start of the Cold War? Okay. So we've got three. So, so key words, I think, are going to be Truman confirmed to him that get tough was the only option. Uh, we've got demilitarisation, which later on will crop up because it's going to be a major cause of uh, the military, of, of, for, of the Soviet bloc being formed into a military alliance. And then you've also got Truman's decision not to share 
the information about the nuclear bomb, which then led to a a massive uh, decline in trust on Stalin's part, and in turn as well the start of the nuclear arms race. Right, Fletch, thank you so much. Really, really helpful. Really, really useful. Uh, looking at obviously why Potsdam is important for the development of the Cold War. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us for today's podcast. Uh, Join us next time on our fourth episode of our Cold War series. Bye, everyone.